0: Well good morning, it's just so good to be with you and thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to continue a series that we're looking at as a church called Church Alive as we go and look through the book of Acts. And this morning our theme is Devoted and uh, we're looking at Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47 and Luke uh, records a time that he observes within the early days of the church after the filling of the Holy Spirit coming upon those early believers. And in Acts 2, 42, we read these words. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread from house to house and in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Last Sunday we looked at the filling of the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost when the fire of God came upon all of the believers as they were assembled together. And this morning, we're really looking at that filling led to a spilling, a spilling out and a spilling forth onto the streets and out into the world. And then as Acts unfolds, uh, the spill continues throughout the book of Acts. And it's that that Luke focuses on. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. There are some principles that come to mind as we look at this together. And this Filling led to a spilling, and, and, and we're going to look at those right now. And, and so it says there, and Luke records, it says in his recollection, they devoted themselves. As the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them with fire and filled them with hope and filled them with power, it says that the first thing that, that, that was observed, it leads to a devotion, a, a, a real welling up in their hearts. Now, that word devoted in the English language there is really interesting. It literally means to attend to to persevere, to be earnest towards, constant and diligent, to adhere closely to, to wait upon, and it's been translated um, devoted. The idea to wait upon is to, to serve, to give your all, to kneel before to at, 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 at your every whim, to, to bow and come before and to give your all to, to whoever or whom you're serving. To be earnest, to persevere, to have a a real sincere, dedicated, devoted, passionate, whole heart before God, uh, hence termed devoted. And it says there that this filling led them to be devoted. It says they devoted themselves. Do you notice that? I noticed that there, that it wasn't a, a devotion that was based because of others, You know, it was the church that needed to stir up my devotion or the the apostles had to stir their devotion or um, another person had to stir their devotion. Uh, they devoted themselves it, you know they were the, in charge of their own heart their life as it were um, it's interesting because later Paul in t- this same sort of theme comes up when Paul writes to a man called Timothy a young pastor in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1 verse 6 it's a letter and he says to Timothy I remind you to fan into flame the gift that is within you so there's the same idea of you me To stir our hearts and to come and bring our hearts for the fire of God to fall and then for us to stir our hearts when the the fires begin to to go out or or, or we grow a bit cold. It's upon ourselves. It's called the priesthood of all believers that all of us have access to God. All of us determine our, our, our lives and our desire and our passion and we can come and stir our hearts and bring our hearts before God. And uh, it goes on to say that they, d- they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles were the original um, disciples, the 12, and then they brought another one because Judas um, uh, fell by the wayside and these were the people that observed were with jesus and saw his death and resurrection and could attribute the living jesus now alive and uh it's their teaching that the early believers uh, gave their hearts wholeheartedly to it wasn't just an experience amazing experience that it was well it was just an incredible miracles going on and around them and it was exciting and very exciting but this excitement and this incredible filling of the Spirit and the power and the experience and the miracles, found a channel of devotion in amongst the apostles' teaching. They gave themselves. Today, that would be the writings of the New Testament, because the apostles' teaching in the writings of John, uh, in the Gospels, um, of Paul, the Pauline writings and um, Peter's writings. The, the, these are the, the New Testament. So today, to give our hearts and lives to the New Testament, to reading and knowing the, the power of the New Testament in our hearts and lives. Lots of teaching today, it's, but it's gotta be New Testament based. Lots of great ideas, lots of incredible videos, lots of motivation, lots of self-help, some incredible stuff going on, but it's gotta be rooted in the apostles' teaching. And that's the New Testament for you and I today. A man called Martin Luther, a German monk, he's accredited uh, to, uh, being the flame for the fire of the Reformation. The Reformation is probably the greatest renewal of the church in the whole the church has ever known, one of the greatest renewals the church has ever known, where um, <clears throat> Protestantism Um, came to the fore uh, to protest against the authority of the day. And Luther looked to, to, to protest against that which he didn't feel was biblical. And his inspiration came from reading the New Testament and particularly the letter to the Romans. The letter to the Romans, he was a a diligent monk whose heart was set on fire through the apostles' teaching in the New Testament. And uh, he then was the flame to light a fire of the Reformation, a renewal. The power of the word of God is living and active and alive. And uh, the second thing is, and so for you and I, the same for you and I today, the second thing is that they gave themselves, devoted themselves to fellowship. The word there is this idea of there was a, a close proximity and a participation with one another. They wanted to be in proximity and to participate in each other's lives. Now, that word fellowship, that, the particular word, literally means to be um, weaved together. Last week we looked at joined, jigsawed, glued. This idea means to be weaved, to participate, to be weaved in. It's a picture of a weaving and a beautiful, um, when you're weaving together, there's a beautiful picture and you can have a, a great pattern or design or tapestry or whatever it is, and it can look amazing. And yet, that, that weaving together, as, uh, if you look at the back of, of that weaving, it has the loose ends, the, the knots, the loose ends, as it were. Um, and that, that is really the give and take of life It's uh, the desire for honesty, for love, integrity, um, forgiveness, grace towards one another. There there can be those aspects of life. It doesn't look so good, as it were, but this is life. This is what it takes. And koinonia, fellowship, is a commitment, a diligence, a desire to participate, to be in proximity with one another, to love, to encourage, to uphold, uh, to challenge at times. Uh, with honesty and hope and love and grace and integrity. And uh, it brings about a beautiful, beautiful kingdom, a beautiful picture, a beautiful life. And that was their commitment to. You know, the danger in our consumer society is that we live in a throwaway and walkaway age. And this is a commitment to participate and to be interdependent. We're independent, but we come together as being interdependent together, joined and joined in, 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 with one another. and this is the beauty of the church, uh, whether it's you know a thousand people, 10 people were called to participate and be in proximity and to encourage in each other's lives as well. We see, we see that they broke bread. They gave, gave devotion to the breaking of bread. In the early church and in the east there was this idea they would have a meal together. It was a regular meal. They'd meet in large groups but they'd also meet from house to house and in the house to house meeting they'd have meals. Hospitality was huge in the east and, and in christianity and there's this idea that they eat together now in the east and in the, the culture of the day their, um, bread was a staple diet but also drank wine and it's also a throwback to the last supper the passover meal where jesus said this is my body broken for you take this cup this is my blood in remembrance of do this in remembrance of me i'm going to die and give my life for you sacrifice but i'll be raised from the dead and as you trust in me you'll know the resurrection and life And so there's this understanding they had a meal together, and in the course of that meal, they'd have broken the bread and taken and drunk the cup and shared that in the in the course of of being together in fellowship and, and a meal together. And the idea there is that the very center of their lives, central to their lives, is this understanding of Christ, his cross, his death and resurrection. It was right every day. It was an everyday central part of life. And the power of the cross in in the resurrection, power over death and defeat and giving hope and the power of repentance if you come and turn your life over to God he'll forgive and heal and change and reform your life and reconciliation the drawing us back into the family of God but also being reconciled to one another you know we'll fall out from time to time and there's this tremendous power of not only for eternal life but a power for life it's the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so the breaking of bread wasn't just a little meeting that they had as a, and then off they went and did their own thing, but it put, it reminded them and put Jesus' centre of their very lives. And so too, for you and I today, Jesus to be the very centre, his death and resurrection, the power of the cross, repentance, reconciliation, his resurrection life every day in our hearts, to be reminded and to, to lay hold of that. It says that they also gave themselves to... Not only the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to breaking a bed, but to prayer. They gave themselves to prayer. The early church was powerful, passionate, and had a sense of God's presence. And it's interesting, in, in the midst of that, we want the power, the passion, the presence of God. They were incredibly prayerful. Incredibly prayerful. Luke records his observation throughout the letter or the writing of Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the observation is that, that they often gathered in prayer. He gives incidents of where people prayed individually, but he records again and again and again and again gathered prayer, gathered prayer, gath- prayer gatherings, and the power of meeting others in prayer and prayerfulness. Um, it's, it's so important, and, and Luke records this I think there's a point. He's trying to make a point here. He's showing the, the fire of the Spirit is linked to the prayerfulness of our hearts and lives. You know, um, C.H. Spurgeon said this. Uh, he said that the prayer meeting is a grace ometer, and from it we may, judge, um, of, we may judge of the amount of divine working among a people. The prayer meeting is a grace ometer, and from it we may judge of the amount of divine working among a people. It's a graceometer to the workings of God amongst the people. And um, I'm not surprised by that. He, 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 the incredible church in London, Metropolitan Tabernacle, during its age, was, was the most amazing place. And it wasn't just Spurgeon's preaching, he said that it was, he went down underneath the Metropolitan Tabernacle, there were hundreds of people praying all the time, every day, and throughout his services. You know, the church is not an earthly organisation, it's a heavenly family. Yes, we are rooted here on earth, we do live our lives on earth, we live together, we're in our community, but it's not just a group of friends or mates, and we've got a common idea, we're a club, and it's a, we're not just an earthly organisation, we are a heavenly family. In other words, we're, we are of divine design. To be born again, John says in his gospel, is to be born of the Holy Spirit, born from above. And so there's this divine design. There's this supernatural, there's the breath and heart of God in our hearts. And so therefore, the breath of God, the heart of God, and we looked at this, the prayer is the pulse, it's where we find, are we alive in God? Is there a pulse? Is there a God pulse in the church? And it's for your life and my life. And so we see this with the early church, that there was this real desire to, to gather and pray, and they're continuous. It's right throughout, you read as we read through Acts, you'll see this again and again and again. And so too, for you and I, there's this prayerful conversation, joining with others, on my own and getting gathering with others and they did this uh, with a real sense of hope and joy and and it was electric because uh, it, it the power of god the presence of god the purity of god the beauty of god was displayed The result of this devotion was that they were unified they magnified God and they multiplied and with this we'll close we see in verses 44 to 47 in our time of reading this morning this bit of a snapshot that that uh, Luke sees of the church at that moment And it's a small wonder, isn't it, that they were unified. This is a result that came out of this real fire, this filling, and then spilled out in a unity. They were unified. In verse 44, we read, All the believers were together and had everything in common. That's verse 44. There was harmony. There were, look, you're going to see throughout Acts, there were incidences. There were terrible things happened. People were martyred. Um, people fell down dead because because they lied to the Holy Spirit. There were some incredible things and awesome things and awful things that happened, but there was a real sense of harmony as they tuned by the power of the Holy Spirit. They unified, they magnified. It says in, in verses 46 to 47, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. There was a real prayerful, joyful, thankful, worshipful, desirous heart that came amongst his people. And as they joined in harmony and gave glory to God and were thankful to him in the face of challenge and worries and uh, the Holy Spirit, it says that they were multiplied. And with this, we're finished. They multiplied. The Lord added to their number daily those being saved. Now, God added them. He stirred the hearts of people. And we're hearing people's hearts being stirred. You know, courses in toddler time and at our coffee house people coming by and saying we'd like to go to church and they've never talked like that before and this is happening not just one and twos I probably think of a dozen incidents now where people are speaking like this Um, and God brings but also the church was ready in heart as they were spilled out let's fill so we can spill let's pray light a fire again in me oh God let's maybe perhaps we need you and I need another Pentecost as it were in the sense of the filling and releasing of the Holy Spirit as we stir our hearts and give our hearts to him God bless you as we join together as a church in our community along with the churches of our area we pray God's power upon them as well as only not only for ourselves and may you be encouraged in Jesus name thank you God bless you